All right, man. We're live. Thanks so much for being on the show. We're recording live. <laughs> We've been recording for like, what, uh, three minutes trying to get set up, probably longer. Um, bad user experience on my part. Totally my fault. I apologize. But thank you for coming on. Seriously. Yeah, you're welcome. No problem. Don't worry. So for, I was like starting off, you know, for the, the three people out there that don't know who you are, how would you describe yourself and, and, and what you do and how you got into doing what you're doing? Yeah, very, very simply put, I'm an entrepreneur at, at heart uh, and also the day job is uh, entrepreneurship. I'm building my company. Uh, it's been 11 years this month uh, since I'm building this company. Do you know a day? The 8th of uh, March. It's actually the International Women's Day. <laughs> really so that was, ob- that was obviously intentional because you're a good guy. Very good. Yeah, yeah. It's, it was not intentionally, but uh, it, it's cool. Yeah, <laughs> for sure it's cool. <laughs> we are pro-woman on this podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. We love women and I, I really love one, one particular woman. So, ah, yeah. hey, she, she gave me two children and uh, I love her for that. Uh, additionally, she's a, she's so probably back, a key to your success in entrepreneurship. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. She's the one who, who's been, uh, um, tweaking all the things that I did and did not do. And, uh, she told me, she made me aware of those things and that allowed me to improve myself in time. And do, do obviously think, I, I'm doing the same for her. <laughs> do, do, you, do you think that you wouldn't have accomplished what you already have? And then I'll let you get back into the origin story without someone like your wife, like an amazing woman like that? No, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. So uh, the things that I was managed to achieve uh, was I, I would attribute a lot to to her because um, she supported me in the things that I wanted to do. She helped me. Uh, actually, she's she's not just my wife. She's also a partner in the company. Uh, she's a co-founder, so she's partner <laughs> in life and also in business. And she basically did most of the sales that uh, we currently have in the company. Uh, up to this moment, now we have a bigger, bigger sales team. Uh, but uh, as we started off for like uh, nine years, uh, she, I would say that she did most of the sales. She brought the clients. I did the closing. Yeah, but I was not able to, to do that without her. So do I have the wrong person on this podcast? It's possible. If you want, I can. Uh, I can. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's hey, in she the can next definitely room, join. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So both of you are hustlers. All right, I'll let you get back in the order. That's wow. That's a lot of time together. A lot. Yeah. So going back, uh, I'm an I'm a, an entrepreneur at heart, and um, at some point I re- I realized that uh, as we were growing organically, I realized that um, the way to live your life is actually not to grow organically, but to invest in the company in, in such a way that you can accelerate the growth and accelerate um, the time that takes you uh, to, to the objective, objectives that you have. And that was the moment I decided that I need to learn about investments. And 
what better way to learn than do it yourself? And this is um, actually some, something that I'm constantly doing. When I need to learn something, I'm doing it myself. And that's what I did. I've, I've entered into investment. Uh, I became a tech angel. I invested in startups. Uh, then I joined some um, uh, small VCs here in uh, Romania. And uh, I would say that served me well so far. What was your first investment ever? Actually, the first investment ever was in a, in a small VC here in Romania. That was my first investment ever. And uh, I also became a board member. It's, uh, it's about Sparking Capital. This is the small VC I'm referring to. And through Sparking Capital, uh, we did a lot of investment. Uh, I, I was also part of the board that accepted the investments and that reviewed the, the investments. I'm currently still, uh, I'm still the, the board member, but I'm going to retire uh, uh, really soon because I need more focus time for the company that I'm building. You mean you're, you're saying that you're, you're busy? Yeah, I would say so. Would say so. <laughs> um, from an investment standpoint, do you have a specific niche that you focus on? Absolutely. Technology, software technology, everything that has to do with um, subscription-based software, um, services that can be extended to, to other uh, countries. So it's not bound to a certain geography and um, with uh, high potential of growth. I would not say that um, I'm, in terms of um, investments, I'm not bound to a certain industry um, because I'm still learning. I would not say that uh, I'm, I'm uh, an expert. I'm at the beginner level, level at, at this moment. So I'm learning a lot of things. So for that reason, uh, I need to, to, yeah, I need to be uh, open. Interesting. Okay. And, and as far as um, your entrepreneurial journey, it, it, well, first of all, have you always had those, um, I guess, characteristics and traits? Like, as a, like, did you know that as a kid, you may not have referred to it as entrepreneurship or yeah. is it more learned as you, as you went along? I would say that I have always been stubborn. So I would say that is one of the core uh, <laughs> characteristics of an entrepreneur. You need to be stubborn. When everybody tells you you can't do it, you know you can do it, then you need to prove to the world that you were right. So that's, uh, that, that is, I, I would say, that one, one of my most important characteristics that um, made me an entrepreneur. I would not say that it's easy to be this way. It's actually quite challenging because uh, most of the times you are not right and you will fail, but that's part of the game. <laughs> Is that, that must be hard to deal with if you're stubborn, right? Yeah, uh, it's, it's harder, I think, for the, the other people around you. <laughs> uh, fair enough. You. Like your wife. Yeah, absolutely. So don't, don't ask her about <laughs> that. Yeah. She might say, we'll have say the a next lot of things that I truth. don't like. Yeah, she will say a lot of things that I don't like if you if you if you uh, you're going to ask her that. <laughs> we will hopefully one day. So um, so tell me, so so right now, like the let's say of the pie, like a hundred percent of the pie. How's your time allocated between all these different companies and investing? What percentages would you attribute to each one as of today? And then what would you like it to be? 
Yeah, I would say that uh, currently in terms of uh, investment in taking part of the activities in, in um, reviewing uh, other investments, talking with startups and so on, I would say that is less than 1% currently. The rest is fully dedicated to, to growing the business. Um, I would say that more than 100% is dedicated to growing the business because actually the, the schedule doesn't end at uh, uh, 6 p.m. Uh, it generally ends a lot later. Uh, like uh, uh, for the last uh, two days, for example, it ended at 2 a.m. So, yeah, that's how oh. it is. And what time do you get up? Uh, I'm generally getting up at 6.30 uh, in the morning. Including so like today. four hours of sleep? Yeah. It's, oh my it's God. Not, so you're it's not, it, yeah, it's not sustainable. So I'm not doing that uh, on the long run, but it happens. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's how it is. You know, it's interesting. Like that's the truth, right? And it's difficult. It's hard. It's challenging. It's kind of against what humans want to do innately, right? Why do you think entrepreneurship is so sexy then to so many people? Uh, I think that, uh, yeah, it's a very, very good question. Um, I think the sexiness of entrepreneurship actually comes from the fact that uh, people see the success of entrepreneurs, but they generally do not see the struggle that comes before the success, and they want the success. Generally, they, they are not aware of the struggle that comes before the success and the, the failures that come with that struggle. And... Basically, every everything that uh, you will need to renounce if you want to become an entrepreneur and uh, the challenges uh, that you have, like uh, as we talked regarding the, my wife, right? Challenges in the relationship, challenges with the people around you, challenges with yourself, right? Because you're constantly internally battling against um, the the needs and wants of one's people right so you you of yourself or of the people around you of the family right they want you around but you know that you can't be around because you need to push uh, through the things that you need to to build and accomplish right and, and that's, sacrifice yeah that's challenging and people do not see that and i think that's that is why it's sexy uh, I would compare it like when when you're looking down the street and you see a pretty lady and you're admiring uh, her, you do not realize how much effort she puts into being pretty. Like, yeah, that's that's the truth. What, <laughs> what, what an example. I was going to say it's like LeBron James where people, he just comes on the court and does all these incredible things, but people don't see that he's in the gym for six hours a day exactly. all year round. Yeah. Like, you know, they just think he comes out and plays. It's just not documented. Exactly. So maybe it's a... People, people have a misconception of what entrepreneurship actually is. It's kind of falsely gla glamorized yeah. in a way. I, right? yeah, I, would say, I would say so. Yeah, it's uh, glamorized because um, successful people are uh, showcased, right? But generally, when, when people talk to those successful people, uh, persons they do not ask what it took for you to do this and generally if somebody actually asks them they would not say i struggled a lot it was extremely hard they they will try to pose like yeah it, it was nothing right 
because that's what uh, that's what the society. <laughs> it was natural. Yeah, it was natural. I had a gift because everybody expects that from them, right? And but the reality is not that. The reality is that you need to fight. Yeah. For some reason, I find that so fascinating. So, as far as your T-shirt, yeah, can you give can you give the people a context on on the what it is like the platform and, and and why you decided to build it? Yeah, I will start with why, and then I will tell you what it is. So, um, uh, as I mentioned, I've been building this company for eleven years. Um, the things that we were doing were basically automating power and gas industry. And as we expanded, we realized that um, in order to expand, you need to adjust the systems that you have and you need to do that in a very, um, um, I would say, fast and easy manner so that you can be uh, uh, slim and nimble so that you can expand faster. Uh, But we didn't have... Like frictionless. Exactly. But we did not have such a solution. And we decided to build it ourselves. And as we did that, we, we, we uh, achieved great results. But the problem was that we built that as an internal tool. And as we built that, we realized great um, outcomes out of that. And then we started to investigate and to learn. And we discovered the low-code, the no-code market. We discovered uh, what is rapid application development. How did you discover that? Through research. Through research. And uh, okay. in our context, we also work with a consultant because we wanted to attract uh, grants from uh, European Union in order to finance our developments. And in order to do that, we need to do, to do a lot of Smart. research, right? And by doing that research, we didn't manage to get those grants, but we managed to get a lot of knowledge and understanding of the market. And that was the moment when we realized that what we were building was actually not just useful for us. And it's useful for basically most of the companies out there because everybody relies on software and they need software faster and faster and faster. And I will come back to that. But you were literally just solving your, you were literally just solving your own problems. That was the goal. The goal wasn't to start this company. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Very interesting. That was the moment when we realized that what we actually needed to do was to build a commercial product that we could sell to other companies, right? Uh, and that's what we did. And starting with 2020, at the beginning of the year, so basically um, last month we did two years since we started actually working on, on Processio, right? And currently Processio, it's an integration platform as a service where you can use no code, low code, and full code in order to deliver uh, integrations, to process data, to automate workflows, and to do a lot of many, many other things. Because the, the, the path uh, through which we are going with Processio is actually to start to build applications from one end to the other. We are not there yet, but currently you can build with Processio the back end of any software, and you can use it even as a middleware for any software. So you don't need infrastructure, you don't need anything else but Processio, and just come uh, with a front end on top of Processio. What about like AWS? We run on uh, AWS, so you don't need infrastructure for that. So you just use our, you, cre- so you... you create a, 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 an account with Processio, and you don't have to mind. Um, the, the infrastructure behind it. 
So, so give me a, a, an example of a few use cases, either that you've seen that you thought were super interesting or that you've experienced that, you know, 10 extra productivity or something. Yeah, I will tell you uh, a few of them, a bunch of them, because we have a lot of them. Uh, one of them, one, <laughs> one very cool um, uh, use case is actually very simple to generate documents, right? So uh, most of the companies are running on documents and most of those documents i would say i would estimate that roughly 90 percent of the documents are based on templates so in processio you can define yourself templates very easily so just open a word processor like word or google docs or whatever copy paste the document in processio it's going to keep the format and just use that as a template within the processes and what you can do with that you can build invoices, you can build contracts, offers, annexes. You can even use that with like dynamic variables. Exactly, exactly, yeah. You can even use uh, this functionality to uh, build um, templates for emails and use that in marketing campaigns, in upsell, cross-sell campaigns, inside Processio. Because actually, uh, a marketing campaign, it's a process from our perspective. And as the name says, we are doing processes, right? <laughs> yeah. You could do like SM, like you, you can hook up like your SMTP and like send an email literally from Processio. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. That's, you, can, that's you can connect it. You can connect it to the, the SMTP. You can connect it to FTP, to SQL, to APIs. Uh, you can connect it even... Uh, you can connect it to on-premises uh, computers or servers or whatever. We we're, we just build that as an on-prem agent that connects the on-prem with the cloud-native processor. So you can build basically anything that you could think of. So you're, you're saying because the way you described it, you're like you just need a front end. So like it would replace like a you know a tool that I think of from a back end example is like Zeno or whatever or Zano. You know the no code back end like you. That, that wouldn't be needed, or a lot of people use Airtable in the space. That wouldn't be needed. Well, well what about you it, need, uh, from yeah, a database you standpoint? Need, yeah, you would need the database. So you would need Airtable. You would connect Processio to, to Airtable, and you could use Airtable as a database, right? Uh, but Is that a common use case? Yeah, it's quite common. It's quite common. But we're also planning to build a, a built-in database so you can store data directly within Processio. It's, it's going and to come And you would host it? Year. Yeah, absolutely. Did we just get we, did we just get the exclusive premiere release of that you're saying that it's going to be announced later this year or have you already said that to the public? Yeah, we you can you can consider it's a, it's a premiere. We haven't yet announced it, but this We're year breaking is going the news. to be to, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And also I want to give you another very cool example which I hope will surprise you. We have even built in Processio basic chatbots, and we are using it in production internally um, to uh, streamline our internal activities. Right. So like a, from like Lambot. our perspective, like yeah, exactly. So from our perspective, a chatbot is actually a process. We haven't yet implemented like uh, machine learning or AI or things like that. Uh, we just implemented decisions. If somebody in this channel says this or something similar to this, then you reply it with this. 
Uh, and you can build basically if an employee asks you for, uh, uh, I don't know, a document confirming his employment with your company, you can automate that with Processio like you would with any chatbots. But you don't need a license for a chatbot, right? Because from our perspective, a chatbot, it's a process. It is. It, it, wait, what you just said is actually fascinating. I'm shocked. I've never thought about this. I don't know if you meant it like this, but the example you just gave, you said it, it was like an internal chatbot. Is that what you meant? Like an employee asked for yeah, something? We're, like- we're, we, are, we, are using, we are using internally, but it's not necessary to, to use it just internally. Right, but that's fascinating. I, I don't. Everyone only thinks about it, I think, in terms of externally. At least I, yeah, we- I, I do most of the time. But that internally, something like that could actually, oh my God, that could save so much time. Because a lot of the inefficiency. Yeah, just imagine a lot of companies with hundreds of, of, of employees that basically are overloading HR departments, are com- constantly communicating amongst each other to get information, to get feedback. Every company I've ever worked able, with. Yeah. Yeah. Is inefficient so just, in that just, area too. Just, yeah, so just introduce us to, to them. We will help them make their lives much better. That in its, honestly, just that piece, I know it's only one small piece. I feel like that's a product in itself. Like that that could be the whole shebang. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or am I it's, blowing this up out of, am I wrong? No, no, you're not wrong. You are actually correct. So this is a very cool example that can can open your mind to understand what you can actually build with Processio. And this is a very small piece of what you can build inside Processio. And when you first described it, you did say integration platform as a service, iPaaS. Is that correct? Exactly, exactly. Okay, so other iPaaSs would be, you know, there's there's B2B, B2C, so we got like the B2C, like the Zapiers. We have the OEM embeds of like Trade.io or Kado. Well, they have both, you know, things like that. Basically how people... In layman's terms, connecting a bunch of different tools together to cohesively create a, your favorite word, a process, an efficient process. So exactly. it, Zenfi is another one. Uh, I mean, there's there's many, many good ones. Um, so you're saying that Processio is actually technically a competitor to a tool like Zapier, but I see them very differently. Yeah, Why so is that? technically we are competitors, right? But from from many point of points of view, we are really different. So one key difference is the fact that in Zapier, for example, because you gave this example, uh, you have a lot of predefined templates, right? From from which you could choose. There are thousands. I, I think that they cross the three thousand limit or something like this. So it's it's huge, but. That's if crazy, by the you way. Need something, yeah, but if you need something which is not in their list, you're screwed, right? Not to say other words. Unless you're very technical. Uh, ex- exactly. But with Processio, uh, you can connect to your, let's say, um, local CRM vendor, or local ERP vendor. You can connect to absolutely anything, right? So you don't have limits. Uh, How does that work our, from like... From like a technical, how, how can you connect to everything? Uh, we're connecting through APIs. So if you are familiar with Postman, as you can probably know that you can connect with Postman to basically every API out there, uh, we have an action that actually connects to APIs. And it has uh, basically, you, you would 
feel it very familiar if you are uh, using Postman, right? So you can connect to basically anything that has APIs. And that is one action within Processio. Along the same lines as iPaaS, I think of the ones when you say machine learning and AI, then you've got tools like Accio and Parabola, which are very neat, where you can connect things and but do things in the middle. That's also an angle that you guys are taking as well. Absolutely. Is that correct? Where you Absolutely. can actually do something with the data and spit it out elsewhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. And another twist that we did uh, that differentiates us from uh, other tools out there is that actually you could use Processio to build the business layer uh, in Processio, not anywhere else. Uh, so from that point of view, you could also compare us to a BPMN tool, but we do not have the notation out of the BPMN. So you could see us as a BPM tool, right? Um, you could also consider us as uh, um, enterprise service bus, ESB, like the layer that sits between the systems inside a company, connecting them, making routes and building business logic inside of that. Also, you could look at, at Processio as an ETL tool, extract, transform, and load tool, because we do that as well. So we are somehow at the intersection of those things, and we are evolving. What are you not? <laughs> we are not yet an application builder tool, right? But we are evolving towards that. That's, that's where we want to go. So, so our goal is for you to basically build any application that you want inside Processio. End to end. Yeah. So I guess my, my question on that would be, why go through building all that front end as opposed to just partnering with like someone who has this, like a UI bakery, for example, or, you know, perhaps, you know, something that could sit on top, like our stacker sits on top of Airtable and, you know, so forth. Yeah, currently we are doing that because we do not have the, the UI front end building capabilities. Uh, but if you are offering that, that means that you are going to create some sort of friction for the user, and we want to offer it out of the out of, out of the package, so out of the box. Um, but the user does not have to use those functionality if they don't want to, so they will not be obliged to use that. They just can use it, so or they will be uh, able to use those functionality if they would want to. Otherwise, they could use uh, front-ends uh, from, from other uh, tools out there. Our focus is going to be on basically building um, not necessarily pretty uh, front-ends, but functional ones, right? Uh, so you could prettify them in other applications or uh, build uh, design in other applications, but we are focused on providing the functionality. Okay. So a lot of the focus of this podcast and kind of what I'm obsessed with is the creator economy, uh, enabling, you know, entrepreneurs or maybe not necessarily natural entrepreneurs to utilize tools such like this to actually possibly make a living, whether it's through services or, you know, building an application and selling that. Is that going, so when you can build an end-to-end -end application, is there, do you plan to possibly have a way for people to build applications and have like a marketplace where people can actually monetize it, perhaps if someone wanted to buy it? Or it, from a creator economy standpoint, what does Processio enable creators 
or makers um, in some way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but first of all, we're going to take this one step at, over, uh, at a time because uh, it takes a lot of effort to, to, to build a lot of things at the same time. The first step that we're going to take is launch a forum because we do not yet have a forum. We have everything really, really, really great document, uh, documented, uh, but we're yet not uh, having a forum, but we're going to launch it uh, maximum in one month. Uh, after having that forum, we're also going to launch a marketplace. Uh, I cannot promise you if it's going to be this year but, or um, at the beginning of next year. But even before having the marketplace, we are encouraging um, uh, businesses to use Processio and create their own products for another end customer. And the way we're doing that is basically offering uh, the packages for the licenses in such a way that you um, you can build uh, multiple workspaces dedicated for each of your clients and you can work for those clients inside uh, Processio, inside their uh, own workspaces. You can share access with the client so that they can see what you've been building if you want to do that or the client wants you to do that. And by doing so, you'll be at, uh, uh, at the uh, subscription plan that is going to be cheaper than the client will That's be able genius. to 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 get. So uh, you will have that uh, that client uh, inside your workspace paying for you, so you can create recurring revenue for yourself by using Processio and building stuff for your clients and doing the billing through Processio too. Uh, not yet. Not yet. We do not have, have it. We do <laughs> well, not have it. On the road. Yeah, yeah. We we do not have it have it yet on the roadmap. But it's brilliant. Uh, your idea. So I, the number one, and then I'll, I'll shift gears. And I know we don't have much time. Which is the one. The biggest question will be security, probably. Right. If someone, are you guy? How, is it? You know, if I have multiple workspaces with different companies, you don't want like Pepsi's you know, data to go into Coca-Cola's it, how am I sure that it's, it's secure? Yeah, I, I will answer it with two points. The first point is that, uh, we are certified, uh, ICO 27,001. That means, uh, security standards. And the second point that I'm going to make, we are subjected periodically at maximum six months, uh, distance, uh, for pen tests. Right. So we are doing all sorts of pen tests uh, to make sure that what we're doing is secure. OK, so and that's probably more for the enterprise level, you know, uh, having those requirements and certifications. Exactly. So what what would be success for you with this with this? Like, what's the what's the, the macro vision? Like, what, what would you want to see if everything can work out perfectly? as far as processia. Yeah. So success, I would say that is reaching our goals and our goal is basically to, uh, in terms of, I would say achievable or quantifiable goals. Uh, the goal is to reach by 2027, at least 160 uh, million euros in turnover. So that's a lot being on basically all the continents uh, of the world. And um, 
the second objective that is not so quantifiable, but it's it's still an objective, is basically to have Processio become the uh, tool that every employee in an organization uses to build their automation and to achieve their day-to-day tasks. That is the, the, the goal, which is unquantifiable, but is still achievable, at least in my right. mind. I mean, it's like saying, you know, like having great customer service, not, you know, there's ways to sort of quantify, but a lot of the qualitative, you know, measures are, I would argue, are most important. And so, so wait, what percent of your time is dedicated to Processio? 100 and more. And more. Yeah. And, and that's what, that's how it's going to be until uh, the fourth seat, like, do you have any like do you have plans like like do you want to sell it one day do you just want to run this forever is this like yeah you know you've done so many things and you're a part of so many different companies yeah for sure uh, how do you see that i'm pragmatic so and what motivates you i'm i'm really pragmatic in my approach generally and in this case also uh i do not have concrete plans uh, for what I'm going to do after we achieve those uh, goals. I do not plan to sell before we achieve those goals. But um, at that level, there will be um, some options on the table. So like, for sure, it's going to ha- be an exit to a bigger competitor or a company, a big company that wants to enter in this space and wants to get fast traction. But another option would be to um, to make an IPO, right? To to list the company on uh, on a stock exchange. Those those would be the options. And, and would you want to run? Would you want to run a big public company, or do you like the startup scrappiness more? I don't know yet, so I'm going to find out. I'm not sure at the moment. So I'm 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 generally focusing on uh, one step at a time. So I need I know that I need to get there. And then I'm going to split that uh, that objective in smaller objectives. I'm going to focus on the next next objectives, and then on the next objective, and so on. Uh, I haven't given uh, a lot of thought to that question. Probably smart. Probably smart. So you've you've been at you've been in uh, eleven year overnight success, pretty much. Um, so, uh, which I you know I love how people say see see overnight successes, but don't know all the battle scars that you have. For all the people listening out there, well, I say all the people. For the people listening, I, a, a lot of things that I'm asked is not only getting started, you know, how to get started on something, but staying focused like laser eye focused. How do you stay so focused when you have such an abundance of opportunities? Yeah, I think I think you really need to um, set straight what are your values and what you want to accomplish. And if you have set that straight uh, with yourself, not with other people, but with yourself, I think that you can be focused. So you need, you really need to understand what are the values within your life and how much do you value each of the things that, that you are working for, right? Because if you do not value them enough, for example, if you don't value the objectives that you have for your startup, then it would mean that potentially if somebody invites you for a pizza, let's say, uh, and you would go instead of doing the things that you promised 
your customers you would deliver, right? Or if your and that yeah, happens a lot. And, or if your spouse um, asks you to come home um, uh, a little bit earlier this time, and you need, uh, you know that you need to deliver for uh, for the next day for your client, you would need to take a decision: Are you going to upset your spouse, or are you going to upset the client? Yeah. So you you that is you need to to decide. And you need to, when, once you decide it, you need to be really stubborn about that. Wow. So is that? And that's why I think that stubbornness is one of the good qualities of entrepreneurs. Oh, you think it's, oh, it's a good quality. Well, yeah, because you're. I would, I would say, I would say in order to have success, right? But for sure, it's not good in all contexts. Right. <laughs> right. And um, so it, what would it be, what would be the best feedback that, like wouldn't make your heart full down the line of someone talking about Processio, like saying, Oh, you know, Hey, thank you so much for this. Like this has allowed us to focus more on, you know, building better products for people. Like what, what do you want to hear as feedback? Like what would be successful feedback that would mean a lot to you? Yeah. So I, I will tell, I will tell you the feedback that we had today uh, uh, in discussions with one of the, clients that is going to sign uh, next week. Yes. Uh, the feedback was, I, I'm going to quote, uh, this is exactly what we needed. So that's the feedback that I want. Is it a big company? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. International company? Are you not allowed to, to say the name? Absolutely. 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 I just want to, to, to sign the contract and then, then uh, get their approval to put them on the website. Right. And, so, and how did it then, then it would be public? And how and how did a company like that find you? How do people find you? Because we were talking about organically. Yeah, uh, we we done organically um, a few years ago. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, at that moment, I, I think I didn't finish the, the story. But at that moment, I realized that growing organically is going to cost you a lot of years from your life. And talking about setting the, the values straight for yourself. For me, time is uh, one of the most valuable things. So I decided that it's most more valuable to have uh, more years in your life, enjoying life, than having uh, more percentage of your company uh, on the long run. So for that reason, I decided that we need to scale faster, not organically. And so that we attracted the investors and we're still attracting investors so that we can scale faster. Right. So we're not going or growing organically anymore. Can, can you actually, to, you, you're the, this is the only time I've ever heard this. This is a very interesting thesis you have. Do, do you worry that that compromises authenticity a little bit? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You're just doing things faster because now you can. Now you have the fuel to do, do things faster, right? The only reason for which I think uh, an entrepreneur will, would not do uh, the things as fast as they would be possible to, to do them is because they do not have enough fuel to do that, right? And obviously fuel means money in this case, right? Um, so you would need to grow organically in order to, to grow if you do not have uh, investments. Why is that? Because in order to hire more, you would need to have more revenue. 
So you would need to sell, but selling takes time. After you sell, you get the money to hire new people. And that's how you grow organically. But when you, you're not growing organically and you're growing, growing based on investments that you receive, you have the money to build a team now and to scale, scale as fast as possible without needing to wait for you to grow step by step, right? So you can um, potentially um, get years uh, back in your life, right, by doing that. So just to piggyback off that, then two questions I would have is why are people obsessed with so praising bootstrap founders and are those bootstrap founders actually not making the right decision? And B, it, w- w- did MailChimp, like, for example, they were they didn't raise, you know, outside capital. Was that, you know, they were successful, but was that more lucky and that they should have raised capital? Is that what you're saying? That actually would have gave them a better chance, possibly? I mean, no, it's a random I, example. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying anything. Um, basically, I'm saying that um, it's your decision as a founder what you want. What are the val- values for you? Uh, people are praising bootstrap founders because it's good to praise them because um, they managed to show that they can do that. They were able to struggle and to go through hardship, right? And I think that's important. And I think that's one of the reasons for which investors tend to invest in uh, bootstrap founders or bootstrap companies that proved that they can do that, right? And I think that's important and I think that's valuable and gives the founder and the team a lot of valuable lessons. Um, And that's that. And regarding the, the, the startups that decided not to raise capital and... Um, grow organically I think that's fine also because um, there are many ways to do things Uh, there is no one story that is the same as um, another startup so I think that everybody has their own path I I do not dare to say that what I'm saying is universal Um, but that's that's how I see things for me and I think that for me it works if I see the things in in this light so raise as much money as possible or not necessarily? Absolutely. Okay. Raise well, as much money as possible scale. to grow, to, to grow um, effectively, right? I would not say as fast as possible, but effectively, which is, is a lot of difference. But we can cover that in another uh, discussion. And, um, and just to wrap it up, um, that's very interesting, by the way. I, I would have so many other questions on that. Um, that it's a very, uh, contrarian, I think it's a contrarian view. Um, it sounds like it is at least. So it's very intriguing. And usually when it's a contrarian view, it usually is right, oddly enough. And so that's why I find it fascinating. Um, but, um, as right now at this point in time where you're at with building the company and building a company, how many employees do you guys have or how many people work, uh, for the company contract and full-time, whatever. 53. 53. And did you expect to, what do you expect to be by the end of the year? Do you have like a number? It's possible that we're going to gain at least 50%. It's possible. Um, We are not um, necessarily putting objectives on how many people to have in our team. 
because generally, um, if you look at other successful startups, they manage to have success with less people um, than their counterparts, which had more people. And that, that means basically um, how effectively are you spending the capital that you have? So in, in my mind, I do not need to spend a lot of capital to achieve that. For that reason, I do not ha have to raise that much capital if I don't have to raise that much capital. I just need to be effective. And on the other hand, I'm still learning. So there are many things that I do not yet know. And there are many things that I don't know I don't know, right? So I'm still learning. And for, for that reason, I still need to be uh, careful how I invest, how I make the strategy, how I implement the strategy, um, how many people we hire, for what positions, and so on. So for that reason, we're also getting um, uh, investors that also um, provide smart money provide advices for us from their own experience from which we can learn and understand how we can do things better uh, or shorten, uh, again, going back to the, to the uh, things I mentioned regarding the, the value of time, shorten the time that uh, it would take us to uh, achieve a certain result experimenting versus learning from people that already know how, how those things work. Right. So basically, in my mind, it's not, it's not about how much capital we're going to raise, uh, but it's about how much time I can, I, for, so I'm going to be selfish here, I, as a founder, I'm going to um, spare in my life, right? I, and I believe you have to be selfish before you can even be selfless. So I actually think that it's not even necessarily selfish, right? Like that, you have to yeah. be selfish if... Otherwise, how can you give if you didn't get what you, you know, fulfills you? I totally agree with you. Yeah. And that actually, Agreed. you led right into my last question, um, which is, um, it, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, you're still learning, you know, you, you don't know what you don't know, you know, what you don't. What have you learned in the past 11 years that if you knew that when you first started would have helped you save what your favorite thing is time and you actually would have grown more effectively and also faster probably as a byproduct but you just didn't know and now you know it to be true uh there are many things <laughs> it's it's hard to pick one because there are many things one of the one one of them i already told you right that you need to to have investments right i've spent uh at least eight year years growing organically right i did not knew that I needed investments in order to grow faster. I did not knew that I need mentors around me from which I learn from 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 which I could learn things. I did not knew that. And once I I understood that, or at least I had the. How did you understand? How did you actually, find that out? Actually, that that's what I wanted to tell you. Actually, I did not understood it be, before I did it. I actually had enough luck to find a mentor and then I understood, right? What do you mean by luck with that? I was at the, so I'm trying to keep this very short so, so that we don't get to one hour of, uh, <laughs> of conversation. Um, so basically I was, you could yeah, talk as long I, as you I was, <laughs> uh, I was at uh, what one pitching event and 
um, at that pitching event, I was absolutely terrible in the in the worst terrible sense, right? I I, I was I was terrible. By whose judgment? Um, from my point of view, it it went really great, but from others' point of view, it was terrible. It was the the worst pitch that people have have <laughs> ever seen in their entire lives, right? But the 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 really nice thing was that one of the angels there actually approached me and talked to me and the reason for which he did that and at the, at the end he also invested but the reason he did that was that i caught his eye before the pitch before uh, uh, arriving at the at the location I actually cut his uh, his uh, i don't know how to say it in english but i i went with the car in front of his car and took the parking spot of uh of, of you yeah, cut them absolutely. off absolutely so if you see something <laughs> if you see something and you know it's yours or you are not nice you know it's yours you need to take that and i did that right and he followed me he, he watched me he saw that i went at that event he watched me he um monitored me and a few years after that he told me that it was the worst pitch that he ever saw before me and after me and never he never saw a worse pitch ever before right but somehow he decided to to invest and also he become uh, a friend and a mentor and wait why did he invest i don't know he saw something i don't know that's why i'm saying that it was luck i i have no idea i have no explanation i need to ask him why did you invest i'm just so skeptical of luck i oh i really believe that the preparation meets opportunity thing is is what luck is and i like there had to be something there's yeah i think i think i showed up so that's that's the preparation i showed up right and that's uh, the meeting of opportunity he was there also (laughs) did that actually change the trajectory did that like help like did you need that financing at that time like was that a big deal um no i i did not need the financing uh, we were from For the mentorship. financial point of view. Yeah, but we needed the mentorship. And that was the reason um, we wanted something. That was the reason, actually, I went at that pitch. We were not so keen on raising money, but I was in a mental block at that moment. I needed some way to get what out that of mean? that mental block. Oh, I, I will tell you in another, in another episode okay. what that means. Okay. Fair, fair enough. But he, but mentors have helped you get through things Absolutely. that you may not have gone through by yourself, and Absolutely. that's worth and, way and more than the just, money. Absolutely, and this is just one of the examples. But I have many examples in that regard of how mentors helped me uh, overcome um, situations or understand how I need to position or how I need to approach things and so on. So. It's it's valueless or valueless. So that's key to your success. The mentorship, yeah, absolutely. That is. So, do you pay it forward by you know doing it for others that are maybe at the stage you were at eleven years ago, or do you feel like you're? Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I have some companies which I'm trying to help the founders of those companies. Uh, I also invested in some of them. And I'm trying to help them as good as I can. And the way I'm helping, or at least in my mind, I'm helping, I'm being as honest and as straight as possible. 
right? Without many, without um, um, caring about hurting their feelings so much. Well, it's probably way more helpful and value add to them to be that way for sure. So then, what? I hope so. so through the, all this, so through all this experience, what's one universal thing that no matter how, all the founders listening or want to be entrepreneurs, what is a piece of advice that no matter who you are, where they're from, it could be something very basic and simple that we already know that would apply to everyone or that they can use in their journey. I think the only the, the only thing I'm thinking right now it's hard work. I would say I would say that it is work ethic is non-negotiable. Absolutely not. You you need to to work a lot to do that. Yeah. And that means that means time. Like you know people say working hard working smart but you think it requires an abnormal amount of hours. It's just part of what it is. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. You need to to plow through through work, and you need to be a force uh, that people can um, reckon with, right? So they they you you need to outwork everybody else. It, that's how I see it. And that would apply to everyone, right? That's how I see it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well. I was going to ask you about leadership too, but I know we're already over time. Um, but uh, man, I would love for you to come back on maybe in the future to, to yeah. kind of dive into some so, other so, stuff. So, so. Very fascinating. Um, how, uh, where can people find you? You can find me on LinkedIn. Just search my name. Name. Also, you can find me on LinkedIn. Just search for Processio and you will find me in the people section. And also you can find me um, on my email, right? So just email me uh, if you need something, especially if you need to buy Processio and you cannot find the purchase button. Uh, I'm always here. Make it big and red right in the middle. And, and it's, and it's yeah. P for everyone listening, P-R-O-C-E-S-I-O, correct? Cool. Absolutely. You spelled it correctly. D dot com? Is it dot com? Dot com, absolutely. Dot com. Awesome. Well, man, I really, 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 really appreciate for you jumping on. And and just for everyone listening, I asked him to come on the podcast like maybe a week and a half ago. And he responded, well, first he was like, what's it for? And I was like, well, hopefully, you know, educate and help people who are trying to do what you're doing. And he immediately goes, yes, of course. And for that, I'm very grateful. And um I really hope and I know that this helped a lot of people out there. So um, hopefully we'll have you on again. Yeah. Yeah. I also hope so that uh, it helped a lot of people or it will help a lot of people because it hasn't aired yet. So it soon will be. And also, Jonathan, thank you for your invitation. It was really a pleasure talking to you. And for sure, uh, if you invite me again, I will come again. Uh, you're invited whenever you want to be on. You will absolutely be invited. Thank you so much, and um, and we'll do this again soon. For sure, for sure. Thank you, Jonathan. All right, man. Take care. See you. Bye.